everybody. How you doing? How you living? Another episode of Talking Football coming to you right now. Austin Cunningham, Justin Treese, and Dan Kiefer. It is Senior Bowl week, but before we get into that, um, we kind of dove into it a little bit last week. I don't know how much news we kind of want to get into with it this week. I think they're only about two days into practice, so reports are kind of there. They're going to have one more day of practice, then they'll have their walkthrough, and then the game, of course, on Saturday. We are big Senior Bowl fans. But today's going to be more of a, a recap kind of show uh, for what our season was like in the world of betting, what bets we kind of started getting more comfortable with that we decided to roll with more. Uh, I feel like this year, um, maybe more so myself than you guys, we got a little bit more uh, unique in how we were betting and how we were placing our bets and what we were looking at to, one, keep things interesting, but two, because they were hitting. And I feel like we all had a pretty good year. Uh, running numbers, I believe we're all above 500. So if you would have bet with us throughout the entire year, we would have won money. And Dan, you, that look right there, does that mean I did not? I didn't keep track of yours, but I know it, it, it was getting a little scary towards the end. It was. Uh, Teresa, you got his number? Uh, I don't have as of last – I'm going to hurry and do last week's because I had it before okay. last week. So you guys just it? keep talking. Uh, all right, so – Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, overall standings, I think we're safe to say. Um, I think I took first. Treese got really close at the end, really started heating up at the end of the year after like a lull there in uh, late November, early December. And Are we Austin, just saying it's over? Are we like, we're not counting? Well, we have Super a Bowl? Super Bowl. We have oh, Super Bowl. Okay. We're talking regular season. Regular season, which I mean, I get which is up to plus, you know, a little bit of playoff. But yeah, up got to it. That. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. okay. Just, as, as it currently stands, I'm in first. You are. Therese is nipping at my heels with a late season surge to make up for that late November, early December lull you had. And then Austin's kind of been, you know, steady Eddie most of the year. He's had high weeks, he's had low weeks, but found himself kind of in the middle. And Therese, the final numbers, I went four and six last week. Yeah, I realized that we're missing two weeks, so I'm trying to do that as well. So you went four and six last week as well? Yep. So you went no. for it. No. Yeah, I did. I went four and six the last two weeks. Excuse me. Yeah, the last two weeks. Okay. Just keep talking, boys. I'm going to hurry and do Austin's number. I know we should have had this ready okay. beforehand, but here we are. Yeah. So, so I guess God. Austin. So yeah, God forbid and this I do is, it myself. Yeah. <laughs> imagine having the guy that works at a bank do the math. Don't do that. <laughs> Too busy giving people money. Sorry. Not uh, really, but so I guess Austin. Talk to me. Um. Throughout the year, I guess, you know, you had a feel for where you went bet-wise. Where do you think you, like, really honed in and had, I guess, the biggest advantage in your mind? In my mind? Yeah. Um, I really started getting a lot more comfortable with the NFL spreads as the season went on, uh, mainly both, and I feel like that's something I've struggled with the last couple of years. Uh, in terms of the over-unders, uh, confidence kind of started going up through that a little bit through the season, but... Uh, you know, then it kind of got to a point where I got like happy over or like over happy, maybe I, whatever phrase, you know what I mean? Like everything was like over, 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 over. And it was like, Hey, you know, sometimes people just aren't going to hit the over. And for some reason I looked as if you're not hitting the over, you're doing bad. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, kind of a, a lesson learned throughout the year in terms of the betting. Um, and then a big thing that I learned from you guys, which was just me being kind of idiotic in a sense was just putting these giant 10-leg parlays every single week and never winning money. But it would just be like, I'll just put $5 down to win like six grand. It's never going to happen. 
but I started putting down $50 a week, you know, $5 a bet, keeping it modest, you know, some weeks you win more and then the other weeks you don't. And, but at the same time, you just, just kind of keep like Dan said a little bit ago, just kind of stayed stagnant, stayed nice and easy through the middle of the season. Didn't lose a lot. Didn't win a lot, but next year, I think we got a recipe for success. And I think you guys are in a lot of trouble. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, Austin, you did barely end up over 500 by two games. So yes, we were all talking about, well, okay. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Sounds great. Um, cool. (laughs) Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess it's my turn to talk about betting. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I went a little crazy this year on a few t- different styles, like the first the first drive punts and that type of stuff. Also, having two weeks of going one and nine, it was just brutal and really killed me there. But um, I do feel like, you know, you start figuring things out. Um, one thing I started doing um, in some of my bets at the end of the year, which I started having some success was, was doing two leg parlays on my bets on things that correlate. So like things like, and over, and then if I felt like a wide receiver had a good matchup, let's say like the Detroit Lions versus the Cowboys, right? I was like, okay, I feel like both these offenses can score. I'll take the over there. I'm like, okay, Lions have been struggling against slot receivers. I'll take the CD Lamb over yards, and I'll like correlate those two. So you kind of get that bonus of what you were talking about, Austin. You know, trying to get that in the sense of trying to get the bigger payout, then you'd get basically a two for one because you can have them correlate. So that's what I started doing towards the end of the year, basically right after Thanksgiving and uh, made made quite a bit of money in December to like help me with all these bets that I've made in the playoffs. Nice. I, uh, I guess, you know, this is the first year. I don't, I don't think Austin, you tracked this, but I know Justin and I tracked like how we did individually on um college spread and over under nfl spread versus over under and guys i gotta tell you looking at it i wish i would have just bet over unders all year because i was by far and away way over 500 on both of them i mean finished over 500 on all four segments but combined college and nfl over unders i was up 20 games yeah that's awesome which like and it never felt like it Totally. You know what I mean? It never felt like it, but you know, you track that throughout the year. Like, okay, let's only take, you know, spreads. If you really, really, really feel good about it. And maybe those ones you're kind of like, eh, take the over under because that's where you're hot right now. You're seeing that clear. So like, I think, you know, tracking uh, not only how you're doing overall, but on what bets, how you're doing was a big thing for me this year. And then, you know, find a team that you're hot with and just ride them. I mean, it, even if it is an Iowa under, Find something you're hot with and just ride it. Yeah. Austin and I actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Of like, we need to do a better job. Uh, I think all of us actually on tracking teams that we bet on. Cause there might be a situation where you think you're doing well betting on a certain team, but then when you look at the data, you're actually not like you're like, yeah, okay, like like I thought I, I was nailing the Lions throughout the season and I was wrong every yeah. single like I thought I was nailing their uh I would bet the over and then they would go under, but it was actually the opposite. Um, and then when I looked at it, it was more so like, I've actually, I think I've maybe hit on them twice this year out of like the seven times I had bet on them. 
So I was like, I'm actually just going to stay away from betting on the Lions. And then they made it to the NFC uh, Championship game, and I didn't have a choice. <laughs> um, fun fact, Austin, I actually just looked it up. You went four and you went four and eight betting on the, the Lions this year. So, dude, I don't think so quickly? I can. I just did a command search for the word Lions, and I just saw if it was red or green. Mm. And right, that's, no, that, that's something I need to do next year is I need to, when I put teams in, I need to have a consistent way because I'll put Detroit one week, I'll put DET the next week, and then the third week I'll just type in Lions. Yeah. I so guess, like, I need to yeah, consistently put we like – be, you know, We need to be more clear in how we do everything in wording because I think that will help too. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So – and Which hey, exactly you listening at home, this said, goes but... for you too. We're telling yeah. you how to track things, not just how we can do it better behind <laughs> the scenes, but this this is for you to track your bets as well. Okay. Yeah, gambling also, is like very much a like a organizational thing. Like you have to be very organized <laughs> if you want to like if you want, if you to, want to be, be good at gambling, like you have to be organized. <laughs> also if we want to have success out on the field, it starts here. Starts right. starts in the locker room. Okay. 90% of the game is half mental, but like I was looking at it and I know we say it all the time, but if you just took our five game parlay and you bet that as an individual game bets, you would have made so much freaking money this year. Yeah. Because we win either three and two or four and one 80% of the weeks. Oh yeah. It was ridiculous. And then there was a couple hits. There was, there were a couple five game hits in there. And like, yeah, I think two. maybe I wonder if you hit those, if it like paid off the rest of the year, because should you know, we, once you get to a five game, the return is so big. So, so should we next year go to the three leg then? We, we just probably. take one of our each own bets. Yeah, we probably should and could. So I just went and did the math. So out of 21 weeks, 17 of the 21, we went three and two or better. Mm. Yeah. And I think this is a good time to remember people that um, people that do this as a, I don't want to say career, yeah. but as a job hit 56%. That's their goal is 56%. Yep. So and where are you guys at? I was at 55 and I was at 54 and I'm at 50, 50.2. 50. Essentially. 50. All right. All right. Yeah. So, uh, and Austin, no pressure on the Super Bowl, dude. But I mean, you, you need to make um, everything uh, possible and go like thirty-two and zero. Like, you got this. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, so okay, let's dive into the games, though. Let's dive into these weekend games. So let's start off with. <laughs> let's just go in order here. Let's talk about the AFC Championship game. My Chiefs. Dan's Chiefs going to the Super Bowl yet again. Congratulations, Dan. Yeah, uh, I, uh, you know, man, I is great. Yeah, I mean, house money, baby. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like nobody believed in us um, besides the uh, NFL script writers. Uh, so shout out to my homies with the pen and pencil. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are talking about how this is all about Travis Kells or Taylor Swift or Mahomes or Andy Reid. Um I honestly think that Steve Spagnuolo deserves a huge amount of credit for the defense that he's been able to assemble this year and how they've performed. Uh, you may or may not remember Steve Spagnuolo has also uh, been a defensive coordinator in another Super Bowl against a juggernaut. The uh, at that time eighteen and O New England Patriots held them to fourteen points in what was a seventeen to fourteen victory for the New York Giants, led by Eli Manning. So. Uh, 
This is not new to him. He is not a good head coach, but that man can absolutely dial it up from the defensive side. And I think that's a huge advantage uh, for Kansas City, uh, for my Chiefs, is that, uh, you know, there's, they don't have the turnover every year. You know, they have consistent coaching year in, year out. So the players that are there for, you know, three, four, five years, they are almost like coaches on the field because of how well they know that system. Nothing's changing. The terminology terminology isn't changing. So there's a lot of consistency there that, you know, by the time you get to playoff time and our season actually starts, uh, you know, in the playoffs for Kansas City, you know, we're we're ready. You know, it's almost like you get a a, a four a three game tune up that people call the preseason. You get a seventeen game, uh, you know, preseason really, and then the season finally starts. So I get people doubted us. People talk shit about the receivers, but once we told Kadarius Kadarius Tony to stay home, offense really came alive. Yeah, I think everything you said is pretty spot on. To go off the the defense and towards uh, Steve Spagnola, I mean, just like absolutely spot on. Uh, and one other thing I just want to mention with it is with Spagnola being there and you're not having the turnover at the defensive coordinator position, it has allowed Brett Veach and Steve Spagnola to do multiple things. Um, and that's allowed to one, just of course, build the relationship, but two, uh, correlate on who and what they value at certain positions on the defensive side of the ball. And Steve Spagnola has got it down to a science almost like these are the size guys I want at defensive end or, you know, rushing the passer, what I want at linebacker, what I want at corner, what I want at safety. Uh, and they've been able to find that in the draft again and again. And we've seen that value because you're seeing six, seventh round guys playing valuable snaps in the secondary. You know what I mean? You're seeing fourth and fifth rounders right here in the playoffs making plays. Uh, trades in the middle of the season, you know, it's like, why did they go get this guy? Well, boom, here he is. Deion Bush interception, AFC championship game. Pretty freaking remarkable. They're about to move on from Chris Jones. You've got a tough decision on what to do with Willie Gay, most likely moving on from him. Uh, but then you're going to have to pay guys like Legarius Sneed and Nick Bolton a year after that. And then George called off. This isn't going to be fall, far behind. Um, and not saying he's going to get a big payday, but he's continuing to develop. But I think it's, kind of one of those things where you look at it and you go they've got it figured out i trust them they'll make it happen like the addition of drew tranquil this offseason from the chargers has been money for them especially with willie gay being injured the last two playoff games drew's been able to step in and make plays and he did right off the bat in the safety championship game and this defense i don't want to say they stunned uh baltimore because i don't think that's technically it i think they just got them so out of whack and out of rhythm that they just got away from what they're good at and that's running the football and i'm not saying this defense has been great against it but for whatever reason baltimore got spooked and was just like yeah we're just gonna start throwing the ball multiple times and again and again and again and the chiefs kind of found the recipe of success here of make lamar jackson a pocket passer make him stay behind the line of scrimmage make him find somebody downfield and make the correct throw at the right time and accurately and he just wasn't able to do that and the chiefs made just enough plays on offense in the first half but that second half i mean if lamar jackson sees uh, rashad bateman a half a second sooner they probably score if he sees zay flowers a half a second sooner on the one of the last drives they probably score um and it's going to be Baltimore that's going to the Super Bowl. But it's just, again, those little plays that went Kansas City's way, uh, and they made enough plays on defense as well that kind of just got them the ball back and helped them win the football game. But I know the last three weeks, and I'm talking a lot here, so I'm sorry, but the last three weeks I have said, like, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to lose. And I confidently 
like had those feelings. Like I just, I have to be honest with this is where I'm at. Um, and I know I talked last week with the only thing that worried me about coming into the Baltimore game was double jinxing it because I had just gotten a little bit of confidence of, Hey, this defense is the real deal. And they're going to go face Lamar Jackson. Um, and they're just going to be able to focus on the run and keep him at that. And that's going to be it. And it being a little different. Now we're heading into the Super Bowl. Confidence is kind of through the roof right now because anytime San Francisco has played a good defense this season, they've looked human. They've just kind of gotten stagnant. Defensively, they've not really stopped anybody. The defensive uh, pressure isn't something I'm necessarily worried about. But here I am doubting myself now because I've jinxed it. I've said it out loud. It's been that way my entire life. I get excited about something. I get confident about it. Comes crashing down. You have you literally have two Super Bowls in the last four years. Like that's honestly, yeah, you don't respectfully. That's like the that. dumbest thing you could possibly say. Like, I, have I been? Have I gotten super excited about it leading up to? I've not yes. been overly confident. Yes, you have. To. Uh, don't let, don't make me go. This back entire postseason, I have not. Not this, this year. We're talking about the ones you've won, the Super Bowls you've won. Yeah. You know that thing that Treese and I have never gotten to do or even experience. No, yeah, I that. get that. I get that, but it's not like I'm Nick writing this the entire season. Well, no, I, I was counting the Chiefs out in November, and then when they lost on Christmas Day, I was like, "Yeah, they're they're done." There's I, clearly things need to be changed on the offense for them to take off. Yeah, do I love it? Absolutely. Am I happy? Yes. But I'm not sitting here predicting this, and that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm not getting overly confident or ahead of myself with it, and saying all this stuff that would come off outlandish. If they lost, yeah, I, just, I don't do that. I can't do that because the moment I do, that's when the excitement crashes. And that's how it's always been. That's what I'm trying to say. But you can't say that's how it's always been because you have two Super Bowls the last four years. I'm you just see? saying my life. I'm not saying the Chiefs. Talk, this is mad. personal, dog. <laughs> We're talking about the Chiefs, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally just talking football. So um, see what I did there? Dude, that's a good podcast name. Yeah, it is a good podcast name. So, uh, like, here's my take, man. Like, you have Patrick Mahomes. You have Andy Reid. You have what you guys consider the best GM, right? Like, clearly he's, he's, clearly he's great. Like, you guys literally have a yeah. saying in Beach We Trust. Like, I just don't I, – I guess I, I have a hard time, like, buying into this, like, I'm doubting – like I doubt this team. Like I don't. I like. I just. I have a hard time doing it. I have a hard time believing that you doubt that stuff, and you're just saying stuff to like not do this fake jinx thing. That's like not real. Like you're just like in your head, it's real, but it's not real. Okay. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> dude, my team. My team has shit the bed at the end of the season, the last two years, and I still believe in them. So, like, the fact that the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls and you're like, yeah, I just can't believe them. No. I just, I just don't get it. No. It's not that know. I can't believe them. It's like I'm excited about the wins. Like, as I'm watching the game, I'm fully invested in it. But, like, leading up to it, I'm going to be realistic in what I'm seeing and what I've well, watched with the team and what could be exploited well, in the matchup realistically, and why they could lose. Realistically, you have the best head coach and quarterback in the league. So I get that, but it's also easy it. for you guys to say that as they've reached the Super Bowl. But like leading up to all this, it's like, yeah, they're just not going to make it. You understand they're on the verge of being the Patriots. They're, they're yes. one win away. They're one win away from being the Patriots. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And and Mahomes is still on the correct side of 30. 
Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he could legitimately play another 15. Yes, years. I'm aware of this. Yeah. That's awesome. But he's like, I just don't, I just don't how you don't have any confidence in this team. Because the moment I get too much confidence, they're gonna lose. That's... And I'm gonna go back to 2016 playoffs when they lose to the Steelers by field goals. Or 2000 or 15 playoffs when they lose to Marcus Mariota because he catches his own deflected ball from one of the greatest corners in all of football, and then he catches it and scores. That is the first thing I thought of when Lamar Jackson did that. Like, fuck, here we go. But like, it's it's, it's coming back. It's but every, it's like we had. Every fan thinks that they've had it the worst, right? Like you, you name these things. Like all Kansas everything. City was the laughing stock of the NFL in 2012 and 2013. They had they a were player. Not. They were not. I, I, they one thousand percent were. They were not. They were not. They were not. They were not. The the Bengals existed. The Browns existed. They existed. The Detroit Lions. The Chiefs had the a double homicide in yeah. murder. The, the one Lions of like the best takes. running backs they've ever had was almost killed. What does that have to do with the laughing okay. stock of the league? And I mean, because the, 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 the uh, organization you, was in shambles. Do you forget the team that's in Washington? I don't know if we're allowed to use their name at that time or not, but the team that makes their home in Washington. No, I get that. Like, 1,000% I get that. But apart. it's like I was a fan of this team no. when they were in that. Yes, like don't tell me no, like 1,000%. No. No, one thousand percent. So, so Austin, so Austin, no, so like this, this is this is me, this is my take on it, right? Like, like that wasn't like that news, and like when that was happening, that wasn't like this like laughing stock for like people on the West Coast, like that wasn't like the thought. So I don't, I don't believe... because the Chiefs weren't even a second thought. That's the thing. It's like it was like ads ah, Chiefs. I mean, that's actually not true. Like. Like they were just like middle tier. Like if you if I had to explain the Chiefs in early 2010 area, like it was a middle tier team, not the laughing stock, not like the laughing like people teams that got made fun of were like the Lions and the Browns and the Bears. The head coach of the like Todd Haley thought Scott Pioli had bugged his office. I, I understand that, but that doesn't like that. Awesome. Doesn't, like, I'm just, awesome. You guys have just been go from there to here. All what I'm trying to say is like, yes, I still have doubt in it. I'm excited that we're we're in the possibility of legitimately being in a dynasty with a right. win in a couple weeks. But it's like I'm not gonna forget that and how much that sucked for so long. To where it's like now it's like you're just waiting for all of it to fall apart instead of so like why I'm would, witnessing it and appreciating it, but it's also just like at what part does it start to crumble? So why wouldn't last... you why wouldn't you just enjoy like if you're worried about that, why would you second guess and question all this and waiting for it to, to crumble? And why wouldn't you then just enjoy it while it's going and just be like, yeah, like fuck you, NFL, fuck you, other fans. We're the kings of the castle right now. You guys have to sit here because and that's enjoy not it. who I am. That's not who I am. Dude, in the last 10 years, the last decade, you have double-digit wins nine out of 10 years, and the one year you don't, you were still over 500, plus two Super Bowl wins. Like you, I don't know how you can be negative about anything with this team. Just... Austin's like, why am I on this podcast right now? <laughs> like, okay, I'm done. I mean, it's, done. it's two versus one with it, so like, it's fine. All right, it's you, like... guys want to talk, you guys want to talk about the Lions? 
Let's talk about the Lions again. I mean, the 49ers. Well, actually, and the 49ers. <laughs> let, me, let me say one last thing. Austin, I'm super happy for your team. I'm super happy for you. Thank you. Like, I'm, I'm happy super, as well. I'm but... super happy for you. I will say, I hope you crumble in two weeks. Like, I'm very much rooting for the Niners. Like, Austin knows this, though. Like, I have this, like, I have this childhood, like, yeah. before the Jaguars were a team, the Niners were my team. Like, like so, like, I have this, like, part of me still that roots for the Niners. So, like, I will be rooting for the Niners 1,000%. So, he already knows this. We talked about this a few, what, four years ago. <laughs> like, it is what mm-hmm. it is. But I'm super happy for you. And, like, if you guys win, I, I won't be upset and I'll be – Probably calling you and congratulating you and stuff like that. But again, I'm rooting against your team this next next this next week. Okay, now we can move to NFC. Now we can move to NFC. This game was awesome. Like this game was everything I love about football. There are stupid bonehead mistakes. There are great plays. There are crazy plays that shouldn't happen. Like it was awesome. The talk of the town, right? Talk of the NFL is. Should they have kicked field goals, right? Like, should they have gone forward That's on fourth dumb. down? Like, should like I can see it being dumb, and I can I can see the argument of like we got here this way, so like we should just continue to do it this way. If you're have a chance to go up three scores in a championship game, you kick the field goal. Like it's plain and simple. The other fourth down, like with the, how the game was going, I can see it. But the one where they were in field goal range could have gone up seventeen. You should have done it. There's no second guessing it. And this is not people saying like, you know, being like, oh, well, you can say that now that they lost. Like everybody was yelling at their screen in real time saying, what are you doing? Go up 17. And I just lived to buy it another day. Like continue to like make it. So even if the Niners are doing things well, being down three scores is mentally like so hard to like come back from when you're down only two. And you have the ball, you're like, shit, we go down and score. Now the pressure's on the other team. Like, we just have to stop them. Then we have a chance to tie it up. Like, when you have to be like, got to stop them, score, then got to stop them again and score, like, mentally, like, there's a thing, right? And George Kittle was like, whoever says momentum's not a thing is an idiot and has never played ball before. Like, Kittle said this. He's like, the moment we stopped them and we knew we were down two scores and had the ball, we knew we had had a chance. Mm -hmm. I think – like it's it's also very hard in my opinion to like and I got like multiple friends that are Lions fans and obviously thoughts and prayers to Riley. Yes. But um I mean it's hard to watch that game and forget the field goal thing to just not think that like there was a higher power that came in and said, Not Detroit, not you. Mm-mm, sorry, not today. I mean, the interception going off Kendall Vildor's face for a 50 yard gain. Uh, I mean, you got Jameer Gibbs fumble. You got just like the uh, Craig Reynolds drop pass on fourth down, drop pass on third down. It's just like like literally everything that could possibly go wrong for Detroit went wrong. And it's a, you know, one of the most monumental playoff collapses of all time. And it's just like gut-wrenching for a franchise that has been, you know, crap forever. Just, you know, their first playoff victory in 30 years it's just it just sucks man like i think everybody like unanimously was rooting for the lions at some point with some part of their body and just to see it all come crumbling down as soon as chauncey garner johnson waved to the 49ers that was the moment that everything turned and it just 
it sucks. Like you just really feel for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you guys. There's not really much else I can add to it. My only question for you guys is, do you think the Lions find their way back? No. I. It's tough because, you know, not only do they have a lot of expiring contracts, but they have to pay a lot of the major pieces on their team. Um, you know, Ben Johnson's obviously back next season, which is great, but I hate to say it, the boogeyman is coming. And if you're a Lions fan, when I say the boogeyman, you know exactly who I'm talking about. They're right next to the Great Lakes, and they wear green and gold. And that team's coming again. It's coming So again. it's it's not going to get easier, I can tell you that, because you know now instead of walking the division championship and potentially having a one or two seed, you're good chance you could be a wild card team, and that makes things really tough. It's not yeah. impossible but that hill got a little steeper. It's just going to be tough. And like, let's not forget here, right? You also, you you mentioned that. One, I think I think the Cowboys are just a better team. I think the I think the Eagles with if they get their shit figured out, have just a better roster and have a chance to like just make a run, right? And then you obviously have the Niners, you have the Rams right now. I think I think Arizona's making some, obviously not next year, but I'm just saying like in yeah. general, I, mean, I, I, shit, I like Cleveland. the way, you know, Cleveland, that's sorry, that's AFC. 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 Teams that teams that yeah. you were bad this year. In gotcha. Yeah. So like, like those type of things, right? Like I just think it's going to be so much harder for, I mean, Dan Campbell even said this, so it's not like I'm breaking news. Like yeah. it, it just seems like, man, there's some teams that maybe like either like, weren't healthy got knocked out of the our playoffs Falcons. we haven't even mentioned our, like we haven't even talked about oh, our Falcons, right? like you know they're coming yeah like there's just things that like it's just going to be so hard like it's just going to be difficult that's all it is like what happens if what happens if the bears take caleb williams and he becomes let's just say he becomes the next joe burrow ish type quarterback right like like what happens then like then all of a sudden you have another team in your division you have to worry about like it's just difficult. Like what happens? What are your, uh, I think you're spot on here, and I don't want to derail you too much. But I, do you think Caleb Williams is going to be successful in the NFL? Yes. I mean, I do think that he like he needs weapons. Like, like if he goes to Chicago, are we going to look at Caleb Williams and be like, or and be like, yep, this was a great decision? Or is he going to be put in a position with a defensive head coach? And an offensive coordinator that maybe who is their offensive coordinator? Have they hired one yet? Yeah, they hired. Yeah, the they got uh, Walden, 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 Walden from, from Seattle, which, from I Seattle, which is hire. great. It's fantastic hire. I will say, with them keeping their head coach, I do think that that means they're going with Justin Fields. I will say that, like, I think that that kind of set the tone there. But like, if I was a if I was in charge of the Bears, I would be trying to trade Justin Fields and yep, get Caleb Williams. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. So and yes, with with DJ with DJ Moore there, Cole Komet, you got some actually some pretty sick running backs. Like and this uh, is a Ro- good Roshan year. Johnson. This is a good year to to get a wide receiver in the second. Every year is a good year to get a wide receiver in the second. But yeah, I mean, you trade Justin it's, Fields. It's yeah, trade Justin Fields, get a second round pick, mm-hmm. go get somebody. Totally. Yeah. So I just I actually I really love this Lions team and watching them is pr- they're probably one of the funnest teams to watch. So I hope they're back 100 percent of that. But like I just 
man, like sometimes things just fall your way and it's your chance. It's your chance, yeah. right? Like I said this in 2017 before this podcast even happened. Like when the Jags the lost, when, yep. When the Jags lost in the AFC championship to the, to the Patriots, I was like, that was their shot. Like that was it. Like eh, other quarterbacks in the AFC got hurt that year. They made a run. Like it was their shot and they had a 10 point lead with like 11 minutes left. They blew it. Obviously never and, got back. And the Lions were healthy this year. I mean, you know, you mentioned AFC quarterbacks getting hurt for the Jags. Yeah. Look how health, like so often when it comes to playoff time, we look at teams like, look at Miami. I mean, they were absolutely decimated with injuries. Yeah. At the end of November, they looked like they were a Super Bowl favorite. And then they yep. just, you know, get whapped when they go to the playoffs. I mean, yeah. you know, so the Lions, they didn't have injury problems. They just, yeah. I, I mean, will say, they're, it's they're, 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 off. Sorry, go ahead, Detroit. Yeah, Hendon Hooker, baby. Yeah, no, I, they got. I, I love. They got to do Jared Goff. It has to be Goff. Like it has to yeah. be. No, no chance about it. And also, like, it's super impressive that like first round pick has gotten two different teams to the Super Bowl. Like, there's something to be said about that. Well, he didn't. He didn't get the Lions of the Super Bowl. Or sorry, to the champions. Sorry, I said Super Bowl. I meant I meant champions. Right, yeah. champions. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, sorry. That's he was close. What I meant. Yeah, sorry about that, Lions fans. That that was a misspoken. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I I also told. So I text. I actually didn't want to text Riley after the game. Luckily, he texted me first, um, and I was just like, "Dude, I know the feeling, and I'm just letting you know." The pain never goes away. Like being that close, I was just like, it's, "I'm just letting you know it doesn't." Go I actually, away. he messaged I'm, me like, "Congrats when the Chiefs made it," and I was like, "Yeah, thanks, man, rooting for the Lions." And then when they lost, I never texted them because I just well, I don't know how to word it. Of like, sorry, my team made it, yours didn't. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my team successful and you're not. I'm telling you right now, I am sorry for your loss. Yeah, so rough. It's rough. Thinking about but, you. Thinking about, thinking about you and all of Detroit. So, all right, okay. Um, I'm super excited for the Super Bowl, though. I like the, the rematch is exciting. It's it's probably the funnest matchup that there could have been. I'll say that. What? Like, I'll say that I think it's the funnest matchup because I actually think I think the Ravens would have beat Detroit. I think I think the Chiefs probably would have beat Detroit. I think the Niners were the only NFC team that could beat the Chiefs. Or Well, the Ravens and Lions played uh, here at the end of the year, and the Ravens were up like 35 nothing at halftime. Right. Yeah. Like, that was real bad. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. Yeah, this is probably the most, like, highest probability of being the best game. Yeah. I guess if you, if you want to look at it that way. Yep. Um, but, you know, I uh, as someone who, like, routinely – roots for new teams to be in championships this being you know a rerun kind of is you know but you get it Uh, maybe we should all be rooting for it so after the winter we don't go through a world pandemic (laughs) like actually we do appreciate this redo yeah maybe so i guess the only way to solve that is you you kill patrick mahomes (laughs) i mean i don't want to i don't want to make this political (laughs) have you guys watched the news lately um, <laughs> might not have a pandemic, but we might have a civil war. So. But, yeah, there might be something else going on. Um, all right, okay. So we talked about our bets. We talked about that. Um, there's some free agents that we wanted to talk about. I mean, we kind of dove into the games a little bit and our bets a little bit longer than I thought. So we'll probably call it. But we're going to start diving next week. We'll dive into Senior Bowl and how things went. 
we'll obviously get into all of our bets. I'm sure we'll all have like 15, 20 bets because Super Bowl is just so much we, fun to bet on. Before we go, because the game is this weekend, do you guys have any favorite Senior Bowl memories? Because I have one. Even though I, I've never been there, I have one. I I mean, I have two, but yeah, go ahead. Um, So I'm actually blanking on the name right now. But uh, in 2019, 2018, uh, is when I like, started to first get really into the draft. Uh, super, super into the draft. And I just remember the guy's name, so this is good. And I remember me and my buddy actually went to the bar because I didn't have NFL Network at my house because I was broke at the time. So we're watching um, the Senior Bowl at the bar and legend of the Richmond Spiders, Kyle Aletta was like balling out at the senior bowl. Okay. Won the game MVP. I got on eBay and bought a Kyle Aletta autographed football. And I was like, this kid's going to be the next big thing. And uh, I still have it in my office. But false. He was not. He was. And he, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Survey says was not a big thing. Uh, Nerd Giants legend. He was not the next legend. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, I've all, like, every time I think of the senior ball, I think of Kyle Aletta, uh, Rich. Plus, like the Richmond Spiders have probably a top five helmet in college football. Yeah, it's an so, elite helmet. Hey, I, so I'm not really good at math, but over the course of this season, you have actually, in fact, said 19 teams have a top five helmet. So, like, just do it. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that there's enough in the top five to fit 19 teams in there. We should probably. It is a. Um, I think you're looking at it wrong. It's a uh, horizontal axis. Oh. Um. So yeah, I got the. I got the Y. Yeah, the you're y. on the you're on the Y, yeah. not the X, man. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. You got to see the you got to see the field. <laughs> yeah, Austin, what's yours? Um, man, several memories, you know, lucky I was, luckily I was able to go several years in a row. Um, I think the, the year that I was able to basically work for Bleacher Report, I shouldn't say basically I, I was, uh, and do a lot of their social media for them. That was pretty neat. Getting to interview players like Drew Locke, uh, him being one of the first players to walk in meeting, uh, a, a friend of the podcast and, uh, oh my God, why is his name slipping my mind? Played for the Broncos. Drew, it's not, wasn't Drew. It was. Oh my God, Trace, offensive lineman, played for the Broncos. Dalton Reisner, Dalton Reisner, thank podcast. you. Um, I got to meet him, Jarrett Stidham. Listen to him do a, an awful interview, and he handled it absolutely flawlessly. Uh, Trace McSorley walking through, looking like an absolute d bag, uh, being a d bag to media members, and is realizing like, yeah, this guy is just not going to be that good in the league, and he wasn't. Uh, meeting Andy Isabella and not realizing uh, that's who it was because he was literally smaller than every media member that was there. Whoa, 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 talking... whoa. UMass legend Andy Isabella. Okay, I thousand... tore it up, tore it up with him on NCAA 14. Okay, <laughs> absolutely yeah. roasted people. Uh, and I mean, dude scraped the snow so he could train at UMass. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he's out there with a the shovel and himself. Uh, and then that say this was all the same year and getting to do this meeting a kicker. Um, I believe it was a kid from LSU at the time and had no idea he was a player. And so we're just sitting there shooting the shit with him. And it's like, oh man, like who are you here with? And he's like, like, I'm I'm here for the senior bowl. And we're like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm a player. It's like, what do you play? He's like, I'm a kicker. And we're like, oh shit, you're the first one here. Like, no one's interviewing. Like, all right, my bad. Um, also got to interview Charles Minihue. That was super cool. So like 
being a Texas fan and then all of a sudden he ends up on the Chiefs. It's kind of neat to be like, yeah, I still have these videos and stuff. Uh, but outside of that, man, there's just so many memories that come flooding in uh, from the senior bowl, thinking Justin Herbert wasn't going to be that good because watching him throw, it was like it just takes forever for this ball to come out of your hand. It was like my evaluation. Dude gets to the league and just absolutely starts balling. So, yeah. Who is the defensive tackle that the 49ers took in the first round? Javon Kinlaw? Yeah. Yeah. That at the senior bowl, everybody was like, holy shit, this is the greatest defensive lineman to ever play. Yeah. Dude was a football. Freak. Yeah. Dude was. Yeah. A- and it's just like funny. Like, there's always these guys that break out and like, you know, sometimes they do end up being very good in the league, but yeah. Kinlaw's actually also played the guys very that, like, well this year. Like, I yeah. think he's finally um, healthy. There was, a, there was an edge rusher um, from Boise State that Miami took and everybody's like he killed it at the senior bowl and they took him like the fifth round he didn't even he got cut before this regular season um if you guys all want to go back to the senior bowl podcast uh I was in fact yelling at Austin in person that that Justin Herbert was still the real deal and QB2 in that class so just a fun fact for everybody there behind Um, Tua sadly no <laughs> that would be behind uh, Mr. Joe Burrow. Um, mine are, I guess, my top two are one, like just watching Holt Brennan play. And again, the visor, I think I brought this up like 19 times on this podcast, but like I just remember that. And that's actually when I fell in love with the senior bowl. I was like, okay, this is sick. Um, and then the other one was obviously when I went with Austin. Like that was a hell of a time. It was super oh, fun to like watch, like watch players actually scout them sit there in the bleachers or in the press box and just actually like like try to evaluate for yourself like and just kind of get an idea of like what you think and then hear what other people think and just be like oh am i seeing the same things that other people are like that was super fun to me not that i'm trying to make that a career or anything i just like was curious on like why like so many people ask me like why are you here i was like ah just for fun like literally i they're like oh do you want to be like are you a journalist or are you like trying to scout i'm like no no i got a career i'm actually just here to like watch football and drink like it's the only reason i'm here <laughs> so these are actually my uh, two favorite things to do is just watch yeah. football and drink yeah yeah exactly. the, the best week of my life yeah we're, uh, we're gonna um, go golfing later it's gonna be yeah. a great week for me that, that would have been fantastic so anyways uh one thing before we bounce um I want to talk about coaches. So, because a lot of things happened here. So, Joe Brady became the uh, officially the OC instead of the interim. Um, Mac- McDonald went to the Seattle Seahawks, defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Huge hire. I think that's fantastic. I think he's a great fit there. Um, so, that's awesome. Uh, Arthur Smith, OC of the uh, Steelers now. Kind of dig the the fit. I know a lot of people are like mm-hmm. hating on it. I kind of dig it, to be honest. I think that it's going to be pretty good, right? Their their style of offense. Uh, that might be something that nobody else agrees with. By the look on Billy Stan's face, I don't know if he agrees. I just, but I just have absolute disdain for that man That's and fine. what he did. He, he for what he did to not only our team but my quarterback. I just I just have disdain. That's fair. Uh, Bobby Slowick ends up staying as the OC of the Houston Texans. Damn it. Uh, good for Houston Texans, but damn it. Um, what else have we got? Who else? Uh, so I think the question is, who does Washington hire? Yeah, so that's where I mean, 
Because like as soon as McDonald's signed with Seattle and Ben you know, Johnson I you, said I, and Ben Johnson, I was like, oh, so this is Bobby Slowick to Washington. Yeah. And then later that day, they're like, oh, actually, he just got a raise and he's not going anywhere. Yeah. So it makes me think like, A, who's left? And Brable. B, is there something going on with Washington that like these guys are like, you know what? You only get, you know, one chance at a head coaching job. And if it doesn't work out, you got to go be the Rams defensive coordinator for 15 years before you get another chance like Raheem Morris. So yeah. like, what is it in Washington that people are like, you know what? It's not for me. Because yeah. you know they got new ownership, they new GM who's you know, awesome could get yeah a new GM who's very good from everything we've heard like third uh, highest and, caps third highest and, cap space and chances are you're going to get your pick of the litter at quarterback Correct. minus potentially Caleb Williams so like you can get Drake oh, May get Jalen Daniels as well though probably yeah, or, yeah and I guess you could probably jump up a pick and get Caleb Williams so like yeah it's everything like you want pick. in a job it seems like it's right there and there's already offensive weapons yeah. so. I mean, it it's just weird, you know what I mean? That like people are fleeing from this job. Yeah, it is weird. Um, so you brought up Raheem Mo- uh, Morris going back to Atlanta. Uh, Love sorry. that. Love that fit. Me and too. like the players are like, maybe it's because I follow the Falcons closer than other teams that were hiring this cycle. But like, I don't remember seeing just the out outpour of support from a roster for a new coach coming in. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And they brought in uh Zach Robinson. Yep. That, um, Rams Rams quarterback Ram, coach. Rams quarterback coach is their OC, which I think is great. Um yeah, man. Like it's gonna be interesting to see how they I mean, I have no idea who they could like it, it feels like it's gonna be this like obscure hire now. Like it feels like it's not gonna be like Fravel or like Belichick. It's gonna it's be gonna like, be a uh like it's gonna a, um like a Gannon type hire. Yeah, like a Gannon. I mean, or um Sorry, who's the Panthers head coach now? The Tampa Bay's Brian, Canales. Uh, Canales. Brian Callahan. Yeah. No, Brian oh, Callahan. Yeah. Uh, no, excuse me. He's a Titan. No, no, no. I was right. Canales. You're Canales, right. The you're Tampa right. Bay offense. Yeah, like yeah. that one, that one kind of felt like, like oh <laughs> shit. Like I didn't like I didn't see that coming. Also, I don't like saying good things about the Titans. So I'm gonna whisper this one. But like they did a video of Callahan calling season ticket holders and like thanking them and saying how excited they he was. And stuff like that, and I just thought it was the coolest video. That's it. Dan Campbell did that. Nice. I like that too. Then, but I'm yeah, just Dan, saying, like, Dan I just Campbell told like, yeah, um, when he uh, got hired, he called all the season ticket holders and was like, "Hey, I played here. I get it. I want you to know we have a plan. Yeah, good days awesome. ahead." I, I think it's a really cool thing. So yeah. You know, you guys, I don't know who. Take a I guess. Mean, Austin, do you guys anybody guess. Washington could hire? You just say F and it'll be like, all right, we'll give Eric Bieniemy a chance. I've actually thought about not, that. That's I've not act- the worst idea. It it really isn't. I actually yeah. kind of like that, given how things sit. Yeah, I would say honestly, Bieniemy or or Frable, I think are the only two options you could probably do right now. Like that, I'm I think thinking about bringing Vrabel in to just like get you back to the status quo is yeah. a great move. You know, like, cause like when the when the Titans fired Mike Vrabel, yeah, everybody else went that. like, "Awesome, thank you." You know what I mean for getting Vrabel out of there? Because like the Titans were never like a juggernaut, but they were also a team that every week when you played them, you were like, "Shit, fuck." Yep, we're gonna get it for who's on minutes. the Niners that the GM would take. <laughs> That's fair. 
Yeah, I've actually, I've actually thought about that as well. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to think there because their DC was the head coach a couple of years. Well, uh, Steve, Steve Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes was interim head coach at the Panthers two years ago. I don't think that's going to work out. Um. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry, he was the but... interim. You said he was the interim at uh, Carolina. He was the head coach for a year in Arizona. Got screwed there. Yeah, he did get screwed there. I feel like Washington. Like you can't just you can't give a pity hire. It has to be like you have to find the guy. They, they have believe. They have two of the uh, Kubiaks on their on their uh, roster uh, and head coach. Like their dad, obviously, was a head coach theory. for a super long. Yeah, like so they have two. One's the quarterback's coach and one's the offensive passing uh, coordinator. Do you guys know who the assistant head coach is for the 49ers? Yeah, it's Anthony Lynn, right? Anthony I could see Anthony Lynn getting a rerun. Yeah, I could also see that. He's very he well before? respected. Was he in Denver? He was with uh, the Chargers. Yeah, he's the Chargers. Oh, my gosh. Yes, duh. I'm thinking wrong guy. Yeah, I was thinking Vance Joseph. That's who I thought. Oh, right, right. That's who I was picturing in my head. All right, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, head coach, Washington. Jesus, I hope they don't. I'm tired of seeing Cliff on the sideline. Like Cliff he just, Kingsbury, he's not trade doing up, go good. get Caleb Williams. I mean, all Cliff Caleb needs Williams is a quarterback that runs a system. All he needs is a quarterback to run is that runs a system. You know, Baker this Mayfield, is all sarcasm. Mahomes can't do it. That's for sure. This is this is all sarcasm. <laughs> I know it is. Um, uh, okay, but let, let, let's let's put in our our. All right, boys, make your bets. And who do we got here? I don't hate Anthony Lynn. I actually really like the Eric Bieniemy. But uh, what do you guys think? I could see the general manager of Washington now going and getting a guy that he wants to give an opportunity to. Uh, like Gary Kubiak, like you're going to get one of his sons. You're going to get the other Gary Kubiak as well. Like at some point, it's going to be their turn. Yeah, go get a quarterback's coach. Just yeah, I mean, how old is he? Do you have that, Trees? One only has four years experience, and one has ten. So the quarterback coach is it doesn't. I don't have his age. I don't have his age. So do we even think there's a chance that Bill Belichick gets this job? Yeah, there is. I don't, but I like, don't. if this GM is like a Niner guy, I think that he's going to truly believe in the Niner way. And I, I feel like he's going to, he's going to want a guy that he can partner with for 10 years, not three. Yeah. Exactly. I'll say it. I think it's going to be one of the Kubiak brothers or, or Anthony Lynn. I'll go with that. Okay. So you're just going to take the 49ers group. I'll just, yeah. I'll just say yeah. that he, he steals from the Niners. So I, well, I don't, sorry. I don't know which one of you brought that up to start, but like, great call. And I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. with that. I actually didn't Austin? even think about that. So thanks, sir. I think I might have cut you off to say that. So sorry, Dan. You're good. Austin, what's you your pick? Did you guys not hear me? I already said one of the Kubiak brothers. Oh, sorry. Oh, we did not. Oh, sorry. okay. Yeah. My bad. Well, then, I um, like, maybe I cut out. There's, it's been happening all night. So. In in that case, I'll take uh, Eric Bieniemy. Why not for the vibes? Yeah. Well, I think uh, as I think you know by default, him and this uh, the new GM have been talking. So uh, over the last what a week and a half, and we haven't heard anything about interviews or anything like that. And as candidates drop out, it might just be you know um, take the guy you know, take the guy that you've started to build a rapport with. And um, I think as a football community, 
we would all like to see Eric Bieniemy get a shot. Yeah. So, but I mean, I don't like the only thing that I have with Eric Bieniemy is players haven't necessarily been like vocal about it, but you can just tell they don't necessarily agree with his coaching style because he is just kind of rough around the edges with it. Like maybe he hasn't Washington needs, you know. He hasn't had the Max Crosby, uh, Pierce support, where it's exactly. like this guy should be our coach or trade me. Yeah. Another guy we haven't brought up yet is Dan Quinn. I was thinking about that a little bit ago, but I don't think like does Washington want to be again like the the team that offers someone a second chance to be a head coach somewhere? Yeah, maybe not. But like also, granted, like he's division, been to the Super Bowl, but and division rivals, like he knows he knows the Cowboys inside and out. Do you want to be rivals with Cowboys though after being there? You already are. I mean, <laughs> no, he's saying Dan Quinn. Oh, not yeah. not the Commanders. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I knew wild. the Commanders and Cowboys were <laughs> yeah. rivals. Sorry. I was gonna say shit, dude. That, that's like what it is. If you take out the Packers and Bears, that's like the second oldest. Wait, they're in the rivalry. same division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. nobody and nobody's allowed to win that division back to back. Yeah, I know, which is impressive, but it is. It is. I love that. So. I mean that's that's gonna be wild. You know like what? if Dan Quinn doesn't get a job here and he goes back to the DC again. Like mm-hmm. I think Dan Quinn not getting the Seattle job. Steve Spagnola head coach. Oh, you Maybe. guys were talking about Spags so much at the start that I didn't get my say in it. Uh he is going to win coach of the year. Assistant coach of the year. What? No, there are there have been assistants that have won coach of the year, and I think that no he, I think he deserves coach of the year. I did not it, know that. It's, that's it's, going, it's actually going to be Dan. Like it's going to be Dan Campbell, obviously. But I actually, I would I argue D'Amico, that Spags deserves it. Oh, uh, Demico Ryan's deserves some Demico's serious credit as well. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I think that those three are actually the the only three. I'd be on board with that. I didn't realize assistant coaches could win it. That's cool. Yeah. So. Anyways, yeah, that's my take. No, I think it's a good take. So we got our, we all got our picks in for the. Washington, uh, the last remaining head coach position. Yes. Austin's taking one of the Kubiak brothers. I'll take Anthony Lynn, and you are taking uh, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, thank you. Did not did not see me going that route when the season started, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. Here we are, folks. All right, everybody, think about your bets during the Super Bowl. I'm going to do a post on social media at some point next week. Every bet that you guys tell me to bet, I'm going to ride with as long as it's not. Chiefs winning. I'll take all the Okay, games. Austin. Austin, you and I have to make every bet, like come up with every bet against each other and put them up on <laughs> Trace's post. And I just that, way to... all he, that way all he does is pay the bookie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will I'll... say I was I have already made my 12 bets. Have you? Okay. Oh. Do you want to say it now? Like now that we're nope. here. Like, okay. All right. Okay. Right. I love it. All right, okay. We appreciate you all, and tonight we've been talking to you.